You are listening to Victory Alabang podcast. God's compassion for all creation, and especially for all mankind, is evident throughout the Bible and throughout history. Be awed and inspired in this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. All right, today we're uh, starting a brand new series uh, entitled The Gap. Now, talking about this series, basically we are looking at compassion. Everybody say compassion. And how many of you need compassion from the Lord? And we're all recipients of the compassion from God. And let me just explain to you what we're going to be going uh, through in these next two weeks. At the end of this series, our people will understand God's compassion. Once again, can you say compassion? As taught and exemplified by Christ, moving them to be a socially responsible, uh, to be socially responsible through community action and works of service. Now, I understand that when you talk about church, yeah, we have two vision, okay, our twofold vision, which is to honor God and what? Make disciples. Honor God and make disciples. And this go hand in hand. And we honor God by obeying Him, by reading the Word, by, you know, uh, uh, raising up a godly family, doing our businesses according to the Word of God. And we make disciples by uh, passing down what we've uh, been taught to our, you know, to the people that we meet, the people that we are discipling. And, you know, uh, I realize that much of what we're doing really is church. It, many, many times, it involves the four corners of this facility. And I believe that it's, uh, you know, it is part of our responsibility as a church to also look outward. In fact, uh, some of the perception of uh, people, uh, or by people rather, of uh, people attending a Victory uh, Church is, sabi nila, pagkaroon nagatin ka sa Victory, yung Victory daw is the church for the stars. Yan. Sino ba yung mukhang star dito? Can you look at the person beside you? Mukha bang star? Or star margarine? Parang, okay, or... Uh, or some people say that, you know, when you attend victory, para sa mga elite yan, para sa mga mayayaman. Mukha ba mayayaman yung katabi mo? Naka, ano ba, naka Giorgio Armani ba? Kamu sabi yung bag niya, naka Chanel ba yan? O naka Chanelas, okay, whatever, okay? Uh, you know, and some, sometimes the impression is that we're kind of a rich church, but that is far from the truth. You know, and let me just uh, tell you that we, yeah, you know, sometimes even the pastors or, you know, when we meet together, they kind of kid around because, you know, they say that we are from Victory Alabang, you know. Parang social daw dito. But, you know, in reality, we actually cater to everybody. You don't just cater to the rich. We cater to the poor. We cater to the young and old. We cater to the infants. We cater to the senior citizens. We cater to the married, the students, the singles. We cater basically to everybody. Because the gospel is for everyone. How many of you know that? And the changing power of Jesus, it's not supposed to be exclusive just for a few or an elite class of people. That's why I, you know, where I'm so excited about this particular series because we get to look beyond our situation, beyond our circumstances. We get to look beyond our church. And in fact, we have a ministry uh, in our church victory which is called Real Life. How many of you have uh, heard of Real Life? Okay. Some of you have heard of Real Life just through the fun run, okay? Yung race for life lang. But let me just clarify also that real life is not just an organizer of races every November. Real life is actually our um, social responsibility ministry wherein we actually reach out to the poor of our society through educational programs 
we teach them character development and how we empower their dreams as well. And so this next uh, two weeks, we want to create an awareness uh, for us, uh, you know, uh, as people are members of this church, knowing that we also have a responsibility to the poor that is attending both uh, in our church and even outside in our community. Now, talking about the gap, maybe some of you are wondering, bakit the gap? Bakit title nyo the gap? Okay? Because, uh, you know, there's just a huge disparity between the rich and the poor in society. You know, um, I, 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 I believe that if you're a genuine Filipino, you love to eat, right? You know, you, you know, this is, you know, you're probably dreaming already of what you're about to eat for dinner. You know, like, this is a warning, okay? What you're about to eat will kill you, okay? Uh, <laughs> Maybe because of high blood pressure or, you know, just the cholesterol the content of that particular triple-decker burger, okay? But, you know, I realize that, you know, we all have access to food. You know, a regular Filipino would probably eat three times a day or maybe five or maybe six times, you know? Uh, gabi na lang, matutulog na lang, bumababa pa sa ref, okay? Nagbubukas pa, okay? Mag-iinit pa ng tapsilog or whatever, di ba? That's, I mean, that's the regular folk for you, Okay? But in reality, when you look at what's happening in the world out there, you know, there's a big disparity between where we are and where the world lives. It's in fact, one out of four children in developing countries is underweight. Okay? You know how many of us wish we are underweight, okay? We need to lose weight. Okay? But for them, they don't do that voluntarily. They have no choice. They have nothing to eat. In fact, it says a child dies every five seconds or from hunger-related causes. 350 to 400 million children are hungry. How many of you are hungry already? Just looking at these stats, okay? You're part of the stats. But anyway, on a serious note, 26,500 children die every single day of preventable. Let me highlight the word preventable. We can prevent it. Poverty-related causes, because I believe that we can do something about it. And we cannot, we cannot just, you know, give the problem to the government or maybe to an NGO. But I believe that, you know, as a church, there is something that we can do. And where do we start as a church? You know, I believe that we can actually do something for the poor. And maybe you're not even aware that, you know, a little goes a long way. Okay? Don't worry, we're not going to take up an offering after this service. This is merely just an awareness for us to have the same compassion as God has been compassionate with us. You know, Jimmy Carter, as he was uh, receiving the Nobel Peace Prize uh, several years ago, he said this, and this was his observation. The most serious and universal problem is the growing chasm between the richest and the poorest people on earth. Citizens of the 10 wealthiest countries are now 75 times richer than those who live in the ten poorest ones. And the separation is increasing every year, not only between the nations, but within them, the rich and the poor, the classes, the social classes between the elite and those who are in poverty. The results of this disparity are the root causes of most of the world's unresolved problems, such as starvation, illiteracy, environmental degradation, violent conflict, and unnecessary illnesses, that range from guinea work to HIV, AIDS. You know, and this is such a reality that we face every single day. And, you know, uh, 
maybe some of you are familiar with what poverty is all about. How many of you know that as a Philippine, as, as, as a nation, we are a developing country and poverty is right here in our nation? How many of you have seen poverty with your own two eyes? Can you please raise your hand if you've seen such poverty happening all around us? You know, I grew up in Tondo and I was born in a, a clinic or a, yeah, my, 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 uh, my dad, I said my mom, my mom actually gave birth to me in a, in a, hospital, a small clinic called Clinica Arellano. And my dad was, uh, you know, joking me that, you know, we got your name from there, Arellano, okay? That's, that's why you're Ariel, parang ganun, okay? Not sure if that's really accurate, but, you know, I still remember that our old address in Tondo was 186 Dayao Street, Balot, Tondo, Manila. And I still remember the apartment where we grew up in. I still remember our environment. I still remember our, my, my, my small, uh, my, my, my neighbors. We are about two or three blocks away from Smoky Mountain. And I saw poverty with my own two eyes. I grew up familiar, very familiar with what poverty is all about. And we can't really, you know, uh, detach ourselves from the reality that there is something we can do as a church and as a people, whether you're a Christian or whether you're a non-Christian, but I believe that as Christians, as a church, we can definitely do something about it. And it all starts with knowing that we have a compassionate God. How many of you know we have such a loving and a compassionate and a gracious God? How many of you are glad and grateful that we, we serve a God like that? Amen. Okay. And, you know, many times when you look at the Bible, how many of you know the two parts of your Bible? We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. old, And many times when you read the Bible, you look at the Old Testament and you see that, you know, probably assume that the God of the Old Testament is a harsh God. That it is a God who punishes people and a doom and gloom God and a God of judgment and a God of lightning and a God of, you know, thunder and a God of actually striking dead light, you know, just like that. And that the God of the New Testament somehow is a loving God. Because Jesus came in the New Testament and He is God Himself and He is God incarnate and He walked with men and He showed kindness to the people around Him. He, he healed the sick and He... he prayed for the dead, and he actually showed kindness, and he provided for food for the multitudes. And so, somehow, we assume that kind of like, uh, you know, the God of the Old Testament is a strict God, and the God of the New Testament is a good, benevolent God. But let me clarify this. We serve the same God. The God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. Amen. In fact, if you look at the whole Bible, the whole Bible is riddled with scriptures and verses referring to a good God. The Bible, in fact, is a summary story of the goodness and the compassion of God for us. In fact, in, in Genesis alone, when Adam sinned, it was God who reached out to Adam. It was God who was actually wanting to restore Adam and Eve back to his presence. But they were the ones who chose otherwise. And so, let me just clarify that it all starts with realizing that we serve a very good, compassionate God. And we see that both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. So, allow me to read the scripture for all of us. In fact, if you have a Bible uh, with you, please open to the book of Exodus chapter 34. And we're going to be reading 
uh, two verses uh, this afternoon. I'd like to invite everyone to stand up with me as we read God's Word, okay? All across this room. Thank you. Exodus chapter 34. We're going to be reading two verses, verse 6 and verse 7, okay? And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate. Everybody say compassionate. And gracious God. Everybody say gracious God. Slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving what? Wickedness, rebellion, and sin. In fact, his blessings go through thousands of generations, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished, and he punishes the children and their children for the sin of their fathers only to the third and fourth generation. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, giving us this opportunity to know you even better. Father, we're grateful that we serve such a compassionate God, a merciful God, a benevolent God. And we thank you that we are recipients of your grace and your love and your mercy. And we ask, Lord God, that even today as a people, we will also respond in the same way we have received compassion. May we also give out compassion to people who are in need. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. All right. You may all be seated. <laughs> Alright, Exodus chapter 34, again verse 6, we've read this, and he passed in front of Moses, and the context of this particular verse is the time when Moses got the Ten Commandments, and you know, the first time that he went to Mount Sinai, he, what, he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and he didn't take any water, he didn't take any uh, food, and how many of you know that, you know, he'll come down from the mountain, he's hungry, Okay? And so he's excited because he got the commandments from God. And when he saw the people reveling and worshiping a golden calf, you know exactly, I can relate with Moses because when he saw that instead of the people waiting for the commandments of God and they did it on their own, worship an idol, Moses became mad and he broke the Ten Commandments. And he started, you know, uh, he, he was asking his brother Aaron, what did you do? You know, Aaron was making the biggest excuse ever. And he said, we took up a, an offering. And everybody gave gold. And we threw the gold in the fire and out came the golden calf. <laughs> that was the excuse. And so we started worshiping it. And so Moses was so mad and he said, you know, he, he, he uh, melted that uh, golden calf and he made them drink or whatever, okay? And so he went back the second time. And God told him, you know, chisel again two stone tablets and I'm going to reveal to you my very nature. And as he was giving the Ten Commandments, it was the Lord who said this. And he declared who he was and who he is. His very name and he was declaring, I am the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and what? Gracious God. And when you talk about compassion, compassion comes from two words. You know, we're familiar with Holy Week, right? How many of you are excited with Holy Week? Okay. Uh, pag sanabing Holy Week, wow, bakasyon na naman, di ba? Uh, long vacation, di ba? Some of you are planning already, you know, a vacation. But somehow, when you talk about Holy Week, people all over the world are celebrating what they call the passion of the Christ. And what do you mean by the passion of the Christ? It means, passion means suffering. Passion comes from the word suffering. And uh, calm means with. So when you say compassion, it means to suffer with. 
And that's exactly what God is revealing to Moses. And he says, I am a compassionate God. And when you talk about compassionate, compassionate comes from the Hebrew word. I was talking to Pastor Sani. Pastor Sani just came back from the Holy Land, Israel. And uh, he and Pastor Jonathan and Pastor June uh, went there for 10 days. You know, somebody blessed them with a trip. And they were just so excited, you know, as they came back. And he was kind of teaching me some Hebrew words. So I go, wow, welcome back from the Holy Land. And he said, I am a holy man, you know. Um, so he was teaching me some, you know, because I was, you know, reading this Hebrew. And he, I said, Rachum. He said, you don't pronounce it Rachum, okay? C-H is pronounced as K, okay, or K. So you pronounce it as Rakum. Everybody say Rakum. Rakumin. And then Rakum, you So compassionate means Mercy or forgiveness of God, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It means mercy or pity or to suffer with. That is what compassion means. Diba? And how many of you have had pity already for, you know, for another person? How many of you had pity for another person? Maybe nakita ka ng, you know, nalilimos, diba? How many of you have pity? Wala kayong mga awa? Diba talaga kayo, no? Diba meron tayong mga awa? When you talk about pity... Yeah, pity is one thing because pity says, kawawa ka naman. Okay? Look at the person beside you and tell that person, kawawa ka naman. Ganun yan eh. Pag pity, di ba? Kawawa ka naman. Kawawa ka naman. You know, what, why did this thing happen to you, di ba? That's what pity means. But when you talk about compassion, compassion is taking pity to the next level. Compassion says, kawawa ka naman. How can I help you? That is what compassion is. Compassion is not just, you know, but actually when you talk about compassion, compassion is asking the, the person, how can I help you? What can I do for you? And that is the God we serve. He's not just somebody looking out from heaven and talking about His people, kawawa naman. He actually came down from heaven, and we're going to talk about this more later on. And then he said, I am also a gracious God. And gracious means kam, kanun. Kanun, okay? Which means hearing the cry of a vexed debtor refers to God's gracious acts to the needy and the marginalized. Okay? So we see here a, uh, a marriage of the two characters or the uh, attributes of God. Both compassionate and gracious because he doesn't just stop by looking at the misery of his people. He acts upon it. And it says they're slow to anger. And how many of you are just so grateful that our God is slow to anger? How many of you are slow to anger? Or you're quick to anger? Iba ikaw, makat ka lang minsan, di ba? Sa driving mo, nagagalit ka na kagad. Oh, no, parang you know. Or maybe you're waiting for the parking there, down there, in Festival Mall. You're, you've been waiting for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Nakahazard ka lang. Tapos may lumabas. Praise God, may lumabas. Tapos may pumasok agad. I mean, what would you feel? Di ba parang, Tapos nakita mo, ay, taga-victory pala. Katabi mo pa. But sometimes, di ba, we are not slow to anger. We're quick to anger. We're quick to retaliate. We're quick to offend. 
And yet, the God that we serve is somebody who is just so patient with us. You know what patience means? It means, it means long-suffering. God's patient with us. I'm so thankful that God's patient with me. How many of you are so grateful that God is patient with you? That's the God we serve. If God has not been patient with us, wala na tayo rito. We're wiped out from this planet. Because of our sin, because of our rebellion, because of the character, just the innate sinful nature of man. And yet, God chose to be slow to anger with us, abounding in love and faithfulness. You know, going back to the misery of the Jews, you know, in Exodus chapter 1, when uh, Joseph brought the whole family uh, together with uh, Jacob in, in Israel at that time, Joseph was like the big star. He was second in command and the good Pharaoh said, I'm going to reserve to you this land, Goshen, and you can live here, and you can settle here. It's like the, the economic zone of the Jews where you can actually have, uh, you know, shepherding uh, trade here. And so they were given a good land. However, the new king, after 200 years, Joseph and that generation passed away, and yet the Jews remained in Egypt for 200 more years. And a new king arose. And this new king did not know what Joseph did for Egypt, that he actually saved Egypt from famine. And yet he, he did not know because what he noticed was that the Jews in Egypt became too numerous. And so he decided, I'm going to put slave masters over them. In verse 11 it says, So they put slave masters over the Jews, over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Python or Pipham and Ramesses, a store cities for uh, Pharaoh. Verse 12 says, but the more they were what? Oppressed. The more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. And how many of you would actually have the same observation that, you know, even in our most uh, uh, depri- deprived areas in our city, slums, the more oppressed they are with poverty, the more they multiply Diba? Para kung saan mas mahirap, dun mas maraming bata. Diba? I mean, you don't have to go far. You know, you look at this city, and or you look at Manila, you know, the, where I actually grew up in Tondo. Parang, you know, when I would go back and visit some of the relatives, my, my, my aunt uh, passed away the other month, and I had to go back there to visit and console and comfort them and pray for them. You know, when I went back, sabi ko, ang dami pa rin bata. Children are everywhere in the streets and they were multiplying left and right, spreading. And yet they're oppressed with poverty. It says, so the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with hard labor, in brick and mortar, and all kinds of work in the fields. In all their hard labor, the Egyptians used them ruthlessly. Maybe some of you are feeling the same way like the Israelites. Parang you feel like you have slave masters over you. You feel like you're in Egypt. You feel like, you know, you've been praying for this sickness for the longest time. And parang, wow, wala pa breakthrough. You know, maybe some of you are saying, Lord, kung kailan ako naging Christiano, tsaka nagkasama-sama ang buhay ko. Or maybe, you know, you've, you've actually are going through a situation in your marriage. Or maybe you're having some problems with your, your, with your work. Or, or you're being persecuted right now. I don't know, maybe you lost a friend. And yet you feel the same way that you are being oppressed from all sides. And yet God wants to show compassion to His people. How did He, he do this? Okay? 
in, uh, in Exodus chapter 3, when, when God saw what was happening with the Jews in Egypt, the Lord said, I have indeed seen, excuse me, <clears throat> I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have what? I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am what? Concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a what? A good and spacious land, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, at lahat ng parasites. Okay? Sa buhay natin, di ba? But God delivers us from all these things. And so, how does God deliver or how does God show compassion to His people? Number one is God sees. Everybody say God sees. God sees. Okay? The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Maybe you're here today and you're wondering, Lord, where are you? Do you actually know my situation? Do you see what I'm going through? The reality is, God sees. He saw what you did last summer. God sees. God sees your plight. God sees your hardship. God sees what you're going through. You know what? Your, your situation is not oblivious. You know, He's not too busy. In other words, maybe sometimes we assume, Lord, masyado kang busy sa mga mahihira, masyado kang busy sa lahat ng mga nagugutom sa Africa, masyado kang busy, you have no time for me, your child. Guess what? God sees your situation. Tell the person beside you, God sees. And for some, it's good news. Praise God, God sees. For some, it's not a good news. No, no, God sees. And I don't know which part of the equation you are, but God sees. God sees and God knows. In Genesis chapter 16, just to give you some stories of how God, you know, intervenes in the affairs of men. This is the story of Hagar. It says, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You know, Hagar, for those of you who are not familiar with Hagar, Hagar was the maid servant of Sarah. How I many of you remember Abraham and Sarah? Sarah was barren and she could not have children. So she recommended to Abraham, I could not bear children. So I'm recommending, can you just have children through my maid servant? And Abraham looked at Hagar and he said, Sure. <laughs> it was so easy to convince. So he had an affair. He had a, uh, a relationship with Hagar and out came Ishmael. Now when Sarah learned about you know, uh, Hagar being pregnant with Ishmael, he despised, uh, sorry, she despised Hagar and she sent him out after uh, Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. And yet, in the desert, the Lord appeared to Hagar. You know, come to think about it. Hagar had this son of sin with Abraham. And, you know, he was not the son of promise because Isaac was the son of promise. And yet the Lord showed mercy and compassion to Ishmael by speaking a destiny for this particular man and spoke to Hagar that I'm going to take care of your son. And there's the same response that she, she gave. 
She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who what? Who sees me because God sees. Genesis 31 talks about the story of Jacob. Just very quickly, okay? Uh, several times uh, he was actually uh, deceived by his grandfather, uh, uh, father-in-law Laban. And, uh, you know, because he worked for, for Rachel, yet Laban gave, her Leah, gave him Leah. And for 20 years, he was actually working for this man. And so he declared, uh, he said, If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the father of Isaac, had not been with me, you surely would have sent me away empty-handed. Because I've been toiling it out for many years. But God has what? Seen my hardship and the toil of my hands. And last night, he rebuked me. What is your situation? Maybe some of you are in a desperate situation. Kind of like, Le miserable. Para feeling mo, miserable buhay ko. Now, do you find yourself somebody like Jean Valjean, who has been falsely accused because of, you know, what he did. He wanted to help somebody, stole a piece of bread. He ended up having, you know, time in jail. Or maybe you're like Fontaine. You know, that everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Or maybe like Eponin. Mahal ko siya. Mahal niya iba. Parang ganun, di ba? Parang, you know, where are you in the equation? God sees your situation. Next, God hears. Not only does God see, He also hears. And He said in uh, verse 7, I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am what? Concerned about their suffering. The question there is, do you cry out to God? Para feeling mo ba? Lord, narinig mo ba ako? Ang question dito ay, eh, umiiyak ka ba? Are you asking for help? You know, in Psalm 34, verse 17, here we see again, there is the description, the righteous, what? Cry out. And the Lord, what? Hears them. He delivers them from some of their troubles. No, from all of their troubles. Psalm 69, verse 33 says, The Lord hears the needy, and does not despise his captive people. In James chapter 4, sorry, I have to move faster, okay? You do not have because what? You do not ask God. Baka maybe, kaya desperate ka kasi hindi ka nagpipray. Or you're not trying out. Simple lang magpray eh. Lord, tulong! Ganun lang. It's as simple as that. Because many times we think about prayer like, Oh God, you are a God of mercy. You own the heavens and the earth. You don't have to do that. Pag desperado ka na, Lord, tulong! Ganun lang. Prayer na yun. The righteous cry out and the Lord delivers them from all their trouble. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask what? Anything according to His will, He what? He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. You know, yesterday I was talking to uh, Shirley and, uh, you know, I was just kind of like sharing my thoughts and Shirley asked me a question, well, so if God sees and if God hears, did he really hear our prayers 10 years ago? And I, sabi ko nga, oh, nga no? He lost a son 10 years ago. And sabi ko, wow, oh, nga, how can I preach such a truth if I'm not even convinced of that? But yet, God reminded me yesterday as we were talking. And He assured me, you know what, Ariel? I was there. 
when it happened. I was in the hospital with your son. I was in the ICU with you. I went to the operating with you with your son, Jerome. I heard your cries. I heard your cries in the night. I saw the desperation of your heart. And in fact, I even answered your prayers. And I said, God, the reality is he answered our prayers. We were praying, Lord, heal my son. And guess what? Jerome is healed right now. Nasa langit nga lang siya. But how many of you sometimes realize that when God answers, it may be different from what we expect, what we're asking? And I praise God for unanswered prayers many times. Because God knows best. His will for us is even better. We have our own will. Lord, ganito gawin mo. But how many of you know the will of God is good, pleasing, and perfect? Amen. And when He gives us something that's according to His perfect will. Maybe you're asking, Lord, bigyan mo ako ng pajero. Binigay niya sa iyo Kia Pride. Para i-humble ka niya. Parang ganun, di ba? Or whatever, di ba? Sometimes we pray and it's not what we expect God to, to give us. Yet God sees, God hears, and God acts. And we can question the blessing of God. You know, I realize when you talk about blessing, blessing really is all about on the way to the promised land. You know, if you talk to a Hebrew or a Jew, the way they define blessing is different from how we define blessing. Diba? How do you define blessing? Diba pagka bless ka, marami kang pera sa bangko. Diba? How many of you prayed for blessing? Can you please raise your hand? How many of you prayed for I prayed for blessing. Diba? Many times when you pray, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. Give me this, Lord. It's all me, me, me. Diba? Bless me with good health. Nothing wrong with that. Bless me with long life. Nothing wrong with that. Bless me with a good wife. Bless me with a good husband. Bless me with a nice job. Bless me with money in my bank account. And yet, when you look at your situation, many times you feel like, Lord, where is your blessing? Para hindi ko mafeel ang blessing mo, Lord, right now. I'm walking in the desert. Where are you, Lord? I'm in my wilderness right now, Lord. <laughs> and yet, when I was reading the Bible to my kids the other night, I was reminded, and I was going through the book of Exodus with them, and I was telling them the story, and in the, book, in the, in the Exodus, God provided manna for the Israelites every single day in the desert. When they wake up in the morning, there was Pande Manila all over. Wow. Pick and choose where you want. Eat as, you, as much as you want, diba? There's quail in the afternoon. They would actually hit the rock and guess what? Water would come out from the rock in the middle of the desert. How many of you know that is the blessing of God? Whether you're in the desert or not, because blessing is not about having what you want right now. Blessing, according to the Hebrew, is blessing is on the way to the promised land. You are on the way to the promised land. And while you are traveling on the way to the promised land, guess what? God will supply everything that you need till you reach the promised land. Amen. Praise God. And that's the God we serve. That's the great God that we serve. And I ask, you know, when you, when you talk about, you know, blessing, you know, they were walking in the desert for how many years? 40 years. And guess what? The shoes that they were wearing did not wear out. It was the same shoe that they were wearing. But yet, God provided for them. Kasi walang SM doon. 
They were waiting till they reached the promised land before they reached ATC. Okay? And then they started eating the fruit of the land. God sees, God hears, God acts. In verse 8, it says, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a what? A good and spacious land. A land flowing with what? Milk and honey. My friend in Dubai says, we don't have a land of milk and honey. We have a land flowing with oil and money. Okay? But anyway, however you interpret that. But, you know, uh, it says that he did not just deliver them from Egypt. God did not just forgive us from our sins. But he is preparing to bring them into a good and spacious land. Guess what? The blessing and the promise of God is not just forgiveness, but even financial abundance and prosperity. Because we're on our way to the promised land. Amen? Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to some. is good to all. Only to those who go to victory, even those who don't know Him. He has compassion on all He has made. That is the very nature of God. When you talk about God's compassion and grace, He doesn't just bless you because you're His child. He would bless you and even beyond so that you can be a blessing to the people outside. That's the God we serve. Because God's compassion brings hope to His people. But somehow my prayer is that in the same way we have received compassion and kindness and grace from a loving God, I hope in my prayer is that we will also give the same compassion and the same kindness to the people We hope you were inspired by that message. The Victory Family extends God's compassion to the less fortunate through our Real Life Foundation, which supports and provides deserving scholars with a good education to empower their dreams. To learn more about Real Life Foundation, please visit www.igivetolife.com. Thank you, and stay connected.